Hello? Hi! Hello? Who's calling? Um, this is Annie. <laughs> I was trying to do something funny. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. A little bit rusty. Welcome to season four. Do, 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 do. That was atrocious. I feel, I feel ill about everything that just happened. Well, there's no going back, so. There's no going back. There's no way we can possibly delete this and try again. Physically out of our control. to you when you answered the phone but you didn't answer <laughs> what i was gonna go any bobeni banana fana for funny whoa i'm glad we don't have to live through that either yeah Not yeah, th- now thank god no one will have to hear that <laughs> uh, hi buddy hey friend i miss you so much i miss you so so much i don't know what it is about this time of my life but i i've been thinking about you a lot I dreamt about you last night. Oh my god, what what happened? Well, I figured the easiest way to turn away new listeners is to just open up with talking about my dreams. Yep. <laughs> this is definitely... Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the game of not getting new listeners, actually. <laughs> this is where we know my girlfriend will hang up immediately. <laughs> um, so I had a dream that we were in Tahoe, and you it was snowing outside, it was really beautiful, and you and I were inside this treehouse... And I was, like, trying to squeeze. It was kind of tiny. I was trying to squeeze in um, to the room you were in. But then we were just, like, hanging out in our treehouse. And it was this cool little clubhouse that you and I had. And then um, you were wearing this white T-shirt that was, had the sleeves cut off. And you were like, is this too butch? And I was like, no, it looks super hot. I love it. And you're like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, I love this lesbian clubhouse we have in, I this, know. in this dream. <laughs> it's not very subtle. My dreams. No, I feel like this bodes really well. I mean, I've been trying to like think about how we're going to build an empire, and I feel like this is an, an, a good omen for us. Well, Rome was built in a couple of days, I've heard. So That's what I've heard, too. I've heard that it took one day to dream about the treehouse and then the next day to build it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so here we are. Season four. Season four. Big changes. I can't wait to see what this season brings us, because season three had a perfect story arc. I know. I mean, and, I feel like... And it yep, was unscripted, obviously. Yeah, we, we didn't fake any of that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I feel like... So I, I've been listening a lot to our podcast um, for reasons that I'm going to probably disclose later, but I was I just recently caught up on what we, what we talked about. I wish I had and, done that. I should do yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Now we have no idea what to talk about. <laughs> I can't um, even remember conversations I had 30 minutes ago. Uh-huh. Um, but a ton has changed. It's been about five months, four or five months. Wow. Um, and we really both lived some lives, I would say. We have. It's been one year as of last week since my surgery. Okay. Yeah. Okay, is that a congratulations scenario? I think so. It's just like a, what a year it's been your yeah. growth and change it's been what do you do you have anything that you're that you've been reflecting on that you're like really proud of in terms of growth in one year I had this surgery that I was completely terrified about mm-hmm. and then I released an EP and then went mm-hmm. on a tour and then mm-hmm. wrote an album and then released an album and went on another tour I mean Jesus that's a lot yeah it was a big year I'm I am almost tearing up with pride Aww. 
Um, and also, can I just say to the people that were that were keeping up with us, um, we we left and you had you were keeping up with the on. Mad Anigans. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> go on. Uh, anyway, um, I <laughs> um, I feel like we had just. We were leaving off, and you were going on tour, and that's why we decided to end it right there. Mm. Um, Which, the first and, tour? No, you were, <laughs> nope, <laughs> just five <laughs> months ago, you were going on oh, right. the spring version. Um, okay. And we, when you had left off the tour in the fall, you had just missed the Bowery show, and so we were, oh. I got to see you in the springtime at the Bowery Ballroom, mm-hmm. and if I could just tell you all, I, mm. first of all, cry? I know... No, um, I know oh. that it's super narcissistic to be like, she's on stage and I want everyone to know that I'm her friend. <laughs> I know that. But I was so unbelievably proud of you. First of all, you sounded absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, I had never seen the new songs live. And mm-hmm. so some of them were so fun. Oh, not some of them. The ones that you played, which are some of the whole album, <laughs> were were super fun to watch. Um, you looked totally in like charge of yourself, which was really fun. I had um, new pants on that day, and I felt very comfortable in them. Yeah, yep. And yeah. then I, I definitely started crying. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just something about I've known you for so long now, almost yeah. a decade, Aww. and seeing you up on stage, I was so proud of you and so happy for you and so in awe of all the things that you do. Um, and you've just been like gunning for this, or that's not safe. Um, you've been. <laughs> Sorry. I, well, we can get into this later. But try that's try knifing. <laughs> that's better. Um, <laughs> you've been going for this dream, and you haven't stopped, and you haven't quit, and you've been so tireless and relentless, and I'm just, I'm so impressed and so proud, and as you know, super inspired by that to, like, pursue my own craft. So anyway, by the end of your set, as you were playing your last song, I definitely started sobbing, and I was crying as we were applauding. That um, means a lot to me. Thanks for saying that. Oh, sure. Oh, I did not, did I not say that at the time? No, you just were like, that was terrible. Ugh, that's classic. Classic me, I can't process my emotions properly, and I, it comes out a little bit bad, I guess. No, you were very sweet, and then we went and, um, and went to that Jewish diner, Jewish mm-hmm. deli. Katz's, yep. Yeah, good times. Yeah, that was great. Wow, well, Ugh. thanks, buddy. Wait, what was sure. I going to say? You just sparked a thought, but it is long gone already. Okay. Um, so what happened when you got back from tour? What you been up to? Oh, yeah. Well, pretty much nothing. Is okay. <laughs> it's It was kind of a weird transition because I talked so much last season about how I was like, I've never worked harder in my entire life. I can't mm-hmm. see past tomorrow. I am, you know, whatever. Overwhelmed in the best of ways. Right. Um, and then, And then I kind of came to... I kind of came to the end of a five-year plan almost. Like, it was five years since graduating college, and I, you know, all these goals I'd set for myself were, like, write an album, go on a tour. Like, those were kind of long-term goals. And I reached a lot of them, and then I came home, and I was like, how, what do I do now? Like, what the fuck is next? Uh, And it's this, it's this space that I've been in a lot now in my life, and especially in my creative life, of being like, how do you move forward? It, it's just an uncomfortable transition phase, but totally. it's a little bit like I put so much time and energy and love and resources into this album. Like, 
now it came out it came out in may so it's set almost five months old already and it's like how it's like do i keep promoting that album do i just you know switch gears and do it all again like what's what's the game plan here um mm, that definitely feels like um in in both the the best and worst ways this is a moment of soul searching for you yeah um and that asks a lot of you but also it has to happen at some point or another to like think about what you want to get out of everything right and I, yeah. and I have enough like I have an ability to zoom out enough to know like the creative process has ebbs and flows in this mm-hmm. way of you know yeah intense productivity and busyness mm-hmm. and all of that and then long periods of like I don't know who the fuck I am or what I'm doing or what's next and right. um I at least have a blueprint for when I'm in these periods I know that it's you know I just gotta do one thing at a time and not I don't have to necessarily think about like the next ginormous project or step but I also need to like sort of pick one foot and put one foot in front of the other and start Mm -hmm. going through the motions of creating so that I can get through this kind of stilted period where I'm like where am I what's happening is there anything that like I have a bunch of projects that are like fantasy projects that I'm like mm-hmm. oh one day so are there is there anything mm-hmm. that you had been thinking about in your life that you're like oh I thought I thought kind of thought quickly about this but then that thought I had to focus on this other like is there anything that That's comes a up really in terms good of question some of those dream projects that you've ever thought about well I actually um have been taking pottery classes for the last that. month and I fucking love it and it's such a great I'm first of all I'm really bad at it like okay. <laughs> I have no natural ability and I go I've been taking this class with my one of my best friends Jamie who is like truly I mean if you don't know who Jamie D is just google her she's she mm. was like YouTube sensation like just so fucking talented at everything she does it's like she, she's a freak she is just she's also beautiful which is unfair too she's like alarmingly beautiful to be in the <laughs> same room with you're like you're like oh you're one of those mythological Greek characters that they talk about um mm-hmm. but she's also like she builds things she like she has been she started up interior design like a year ago and then she recently was working on a uh, I don't know if I should say the name but like some super famous actor's house like she just has the best taste and aesthetic and style and anyway I'm just really gushing about her but Jesus, you're taking some people just walk in the light some guys just walk in the light you know yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> So, um, anyway, we've been taking this class together, and it's so funny because neither of us have done it before, and then the teacher will be going through the basics of, like, just, like, mold this piece of clay, like, up into, like, a long, tall pile, and then mine will be, like, completely lumpy and, like, flinging off the (laughs) wheel, and hers is just textbook perfect, and then we, in the course I did, it's just beginning wheel throwing, they, she's like, I'm not even going to teach you how to do shapes yet. Like, just make whatever comes naturally. We'll, we'll work on specific shapes and wheel throwing, too. And so we are all just kind of making whatever. And most people kind of naturally make bowls because that's kind of, that's one of the shapes that just happens the most naturally. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie's was, like, these gorgeous vases that were, like, <laughs> shaped really interestingly and looked like they could be sold for $200 in, like, an expensive designer store. <laughs> so what is it like to be the ugly younger sibling in that scenario it's really it's really alarming it's like welcome to my life 
<laughs> I just the whole pottery class. I'm like, this must be what Andy's life is like. I know, and like, I'm glad. I'm glad. That, you know what? I've always wondered how often I come up in people's minds, and I'm yeah. really thrilled to hear that I came up for you. No, being around Jamie is like you know how I imagine you feel. Yeah, day-to-day. all the time. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're the most special, amazing person in the whole wide world. Oh, oh my God. You t- stop that. But stop you're also that. really fun to make fun of. I know. It's really easy, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just one of those people that's it's really easy to make fun of me, and I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> there's just... There's a big list of, you know, things to choose from. I know. <laughs> it's so... I mean, I... I don't know how to convey how true that is without people getting concerned, but I just feel like that's really true. Well, for those of you who are new to this podcast, who are maybe jumping in in season four, like total rebels, um, Annie and I went to high school together, and we've been friends for a long time, and we both started dating people, dating women in, in college, um, and then we kind of reconnected over one summer and we both came out to each other and um I am happily in a relationship with that same person and (laughs) Annie has gone through several relationships not even (laughs) we'll just call them heartbreaks and those will be the chapter of my lives so that chapters of my life is what I meant to say chapter of my lives I want to tell you I haven't talked to a lot of people today Anyway, so I'm just kidding. I think that you're spectacular, and I love making fun of you, but I'm also very proud of you. And you are currently living uh, living the dream in New York, like yep. like Kimmy Schmidt stepping off the bus. Yep, that's me. In New York City, and mm-hmm. I'm out here in L.A. baking in the burning hot sun. Um, all right, I'm not going to let you, like, monopolize horrible weather, um... <laughs> I will, I will tell you that it's nicer now in New York than it has been, so if, if you feel like you need to feel special about how hot <laughs> it is there, then I support you, but... Um, yeah, I need to feel special. Okay, Thanks. Right. I'm I'm here for that, I'm here for that. I'm incredibly miserable. Are so, you? Currently wiping away underboob sweat as we speak. Cool, cool. Um, if I had an underboob sweat, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I had... Damn, I cannot speak. If I had an underboob, I'm not sure I'd be sweating right now, but... <laughs> I want to relate to you so badly. <laughs> didn't you? Don't you have a story about the pencil test? Like, didn't someone do that to you in middle school? No. Oh. What a projection. What do you think <laughs> happened to me? <laughs> I thought you had a story about some girl in the locker room being like, you don't need a bra unless your boob can hold a pencil underneath it. Yeah, that never happened that to must me. Be but another I'm, I'm glad that you friend. know <laughs> you know that that's not how it would go for me. <laughs> um, oh, I and the other joke on this podcast is that I have significantly smaller boob breasts <laughs> than Maddie. <laughs> is that a joke? Do we talk about that? No, it's not at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh but you know what is a, another common theme that we definitely need to cover before we get. Angry tweets from our millions Ooh, I'm of fans. Nervous. Um, the wedding. 
Oh, the weddings. Oh, we're always talking about weddings. Yeah. The natural progression of our seasons um, aligns perfectly with wedding seasons, and it usually has to do with a wedding that I've been invited to, and Annie is wondering. Yeah, and I'm wondering, wondering if you're invited Yeah. Oh my um, god, I'm coming off like a terrible case, person. You know you no. can make fun of me. Oh, I have a I, photo I can post of myself that will just humble me immediately. Up. Cool. Well, I think a lot of our dynamic is I am, I'm, I'm your backup fake girlfriend. Yes. Um, we discovered this on the fall leg of the tour, and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a role that I love to play, and I. I love taking care of people almost, you know, not almost, definitely to the point of psychological detriment and I'm trying to really work <laughs> trying to really work through and what I love that taking means. advantage of that. And no, and you're and that's the best part is that like other people would be like, I think you need to evaluate how much you want to um, take care of me and you're just like bring I'm like, it on. I'm like, let me help you take care of me. I love mochas in bed in the morning. Yeah, that's a great exactly. start. You're not afraid to give me the list of what you want me to do, and it's great because like we don't have to. Neither of us has to pause in that awkward space no, of no. of is this okay? You're just like yeah, it's okay because I said it's okay. No, but you know what? I would say for real, genuinely, <laughs> for real, yeah. I think that we are very good at saying our needs to each other, yeah. and I think it's because both of us um, are really emotionally aware and have done a lot of work in therapy over the last several years and and it's really I totally don't have a problem being like oh like when you text me that it actually makes me feel like you're mad at me or you know or whatever and and you'll be like let's get let's get real for a second I feel jokes aside that like you are one of the few people in this world that I can call sobbing and like oh I remember one time I do and I and I do um I texted you, and I was like, I know you're at dinner right now. I need you to get up and leave your dinner so that I can call you crying. Um, Aww, and yeah. I I have never... That would make me so uncomfortable with anyone else. Um, but but I, I think that you... Again, you and I are... We've been in this together for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, one of the other times I asked you for something that I needed when I, I was feeling down around the time of my birthday, and I was like, I need you to send whatever birthday text you're sending tonight so that I wake up to tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, exactly. I think that's really healthy. Just yeah, stating totally. your need. You're like, I need to wake up with a win, and I was like, you got it. Yeah. And if and you was, hadn't said that, I wouldn't have thought to do it. Right, and I and I and maybe I would have been resentful because I would have yeah. waited until 3 o'clock, and then I would have gotten the message. And instead I was like this is what I need from you, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I'm, this is actually an essay that I'm working on right now. <gasps> no way. Well, I told you I was going <gasps> to write one about you. Um, yes! And there's a lot that, you know, we should check in on, but, like, the, um, the basis of it is that being willing to tell you, practicing telling you what I need and learning that, like, you you can still love me. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think that's... Well, this got... <laughs> we're 19 minutes in, folks, and it got real heavy <laughs> real fast, but... I'm so excited right now. I feel like my... One of my big psychological barriers is not just my perfectionistic complex, which comes up in, like, all sorts of gamuts in my life. My biggest I, flaw is that I'm a perfectionist. My biggest flaw is that I am so perfect that it can be hard to maintain. I try too um, hard. I, I care too much. Um, 
Well, it's that, like, if I were to tell someone what I actually needed and actually felt, mm-hmm. they would f- would not love me anymore. Like, right. that's, a, like, the we can just kind of boil everything in my life down to that right. sentiment. Yeah. Um, and so I've never, I mean, mm, yeah, I don't know that I've, I think that I've had two friendships where this is happening ongoing and, and um, you're one of them. So I'm not, uh, when I say this has never happened before, I want to also acknowledge that other person. Um mm-hmm. But, like, I've never had that Who before. Who the fuck was... is she? <laughs> Caitlin. Um, Hi, I was Caitlin. Not the person... I miss you. <laughs> I was just talking to her, so she probably knows that that was coming. Um, but I was not the person who called their best friend in middle school mm-hmm. with feelings. That was not me. So, like, yeah. for me to reach a point where I can tell you what I'm feeling and tell you what I'm insecure about mm-hmm. and be, like, problematic... Not problematic, uh, encounter be brought what do you mean like racist racist homophobic. to you yeah homophobic um I I feel like this is one of the first relationships I've ever had with someone where I am willing to accept that like I'm not perfect and you are still gonna find a way to make me feel loved and that's Aww. like amazing I love that I feel the same way cool amazing. oh my god I'm so excited so does this mean I get a chapter in your book uh, yeah, it's a whole chapter, my friend. Oh my god. Yeah, I told I, you that I would. And I then, have earned this. Well, no, you didn't, because we agreed that if I wrote an essay, you would write a song. Yeah, but writing songs is so hard. Writing's hard. Can you talk about that now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> writing is excruciating. <laughs> it's just like you agree to give yourself homework for the rest of your life. I know, and you know what else? You agree to give yourself, like a ton of um permission to read negative feedback about yourself for the rest of your life and subject yourself to um people not like basically opening your soul to someone and (laughs) they could be even apathetic would be maybe the worst case scenario um i would say hostile would be the worst case scenario yeah so there's a lot there i mean it's not a pleasurable endeavor (laughs) And yet, here you are, working on your book. Yep. So, Um, do you want to talk about um, all the changes over the last hiatus period? I have lived a thousand lives. (laughs) It's true, you have. Um, okay, wow. I can't even (laughs) remember, I really should have listened back, I can't even remember who you were five months ago. I can, unfortunately, <laughs> and um, so I had just had my feelings hurt by someone, <laughs> and I had, I had, our final episode was me declaring wholeness, and was about me overcoming any sort of hurt with the amazing experience of starting a new job, and that I have this book, and that I'm somehow going to live a life where I get up before work every day at 6.30, and I write my book, and that by the end of October, that shall be done, and, and both things shall be possible. Um, quick question before you talk about the changes. Yep. How did it make you feel listening back to a really um, intense period of time, and a really emotional period of time? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a really good question I have been my mental health I mean this is all going to come out at some point over the course of this episode we all come out 
over we the all come of... out in, in yeah again and again and again we're always coming out all the time we're, we're gay did we say that <laughs> oh oh my god yeah we're gay <laughs> um i was ha- I'm, i this has been a rough summer for me and um i've had a lot of like really and really intense mental health experiences um on like a pretty regular basis which has not been good and one of the things that made me feel a lot better was actually listening to our podcast and that feels really narcissistic to say um but if I may like part of my mental health issue is that I'm an overthinker in a way that's like super like whoa um (laughs) and my brain runs constantly like we you and I are constantly joking about where my brain decides to work like yeah um it's pretty wild I've never seen anything quite like it to be honest yeah right and um sometimes it comes up with really beautiful things like really odd art projects and then sometimes it just spins me out into like a really really disastrous place Mm -hmm. um and one of the reasons that's so hard is because we all I think have a bias to believe ourselves and mm. we have a bias to to think that whatever our thoughts are telling us must be true because mm. if we can't rely on ourselves then who can we rely on in the mm-hmm. world um and so if my anxiety is really caused by me letting my own voice in my head like drag me down a rabbit hole of negative emotions mm-hmm. um it's really hard to come out of that because i'm following something that feels reliable which is my own voice However, and not everyone is as lucky to have this experience, but I have access to hours (laughs) of my own self talking about things and feeling in various states of emotional experiences. And a lot of, a lot of it is often level and, um, even killed because you and I are having a good conversation. Yeah. And even just hearing myself in a different time of my life, Mm -hmm. dealing with certain things and like having a, a good perspective on it and like. Yeah. feeling good was so so tremendously helpful That's and it really didn't all cool. of a sudden make me feel happy but if if at one moment I felt really unstably sad and was and was sobbing and just couldn't figure out which way was up mm-hmm. having um access to myself at a different time being really logical and well-reasoned was yeah. really really helpful That's so cool. You're so smart. Thank you. And articulate and amazing. This is good fuel for the next time I need <laughs> to future Annie listening to this, I love you. Oh my god, that's just what every girl wants to hear. <laughs> and you look hot in that tank top. The <laughs> in, your, in your dream. How do my arms look? <laughs> Great. That was a whole. I know, and that's so funny because I know that that is a, a character characteristic of yourself that you aspire to have. Is is to have hot arms? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's not wrong. No, I know. We've talked about it. Yeah, but not rock climbing anymore is... We, well, no, we don't well, no. get into the jock talk. We we were... When we were on tour, Sheck was like, what do you like in a girl? Like, what is attractive to you? And you were like, arms. And, or no, shoulders. <laughs> you said shoulders. And we were what like... weird response. We're like, uh... I mean, I feel like, you know, you're you're even more in touch with your sexuality now than you were one year ago because, you know, we just kind of forced you to gab like girls who like girls. <laughs> yep. But um, but when we were talking about sex stuff in the car, I said, Annie, can I ask you a personal question? And you just went, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I 
I that's true that did happen but I want to let you know that that probably came up in the last season because that was in November oh okay yeah yeah so okay so everyone it might the trauma of me sitting in the hot seat everyone knows your attraction to shoulders then um, I'm not 100% sure about that. I also would like to say that that's probably not, not true. <laughs> um, well, it was your very it was first true. reaction. It was true that time I wore a vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, I guess we can examine that at another time. But um, <laughs> for all you hot-shouldered ladies out there, and yeah, it come is knocking. single. I'm looking. <laughs> um, no okay, hot so... shoulders need not apply. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you just have a neck that slopes into your arms, I'm just not interested. <laughs> um, What's so, a not hot shoulder? Like? A, a cold one. <laughs> Boom. Okay. Oh, I don't know if you could tell, but I've been taking improv classes. <laughs> How is that? Um, actually really wonderful, and I just started level Good. three. Well, okay, I think we need to rewind. Okay. I was set to go to work at this place that's a very queer, inclusive nonprofit, and at first, it was magical. Being in an environment with queer people was simply the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started all of our meetings, we did pronouns, which was revolutionary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I started thinking a lot about gender, mm-hmm. and um, I actually started using they them pronouns in addition to she her pronouns um, with some support from friends at work who were like I was I think that I was really scared to do that because maybe I felt like I was doing it for the wrong reasons or I was like just trying it out or I was if I wasn't sure I shouldn't do it and with the encouragement of a lot of friends there um just kind of like went with it and if I had the impulse to do it it was okay to kind of try it out and, and try on this gender expression um in a different way and I felt like you know there's there's something about being in a mostly queer space that kind of makes you lets you forget that the most important thing about your sexuality is labeling it because that's not true but like in spaces where there's not a lot of queer people it does feel like the most important thing Right. Um, and I went from that to being able to say, okay, so like, who am I actually now that I, now that we've all established that we're all queer, like, what is that now? Who am I actually like, what am I actually in terms of my minute gender differences? What am I in terms of my personality? Like these things become way more important, which was really cool to experience. So when you say in addition to she, her, also they, them, yeah. What what does that mean to you? Does it mean that you just are okay with being addressed by either or that mm-hmm. it's just important to identify that you don't feel fully inside the female mold? Like what That's if, a really really good question and you don't have to have the I, answer by the no, way. No, no. I want to I want to make sure that I'm being thoughtful about it, but I guess if it's my truth then it's okay to right. share it. Um I think that for me part of that was is an acknowledgement that like I don't feel like I fit a lot of traditional fem- feminine characteristics and that yeah. um yes I'm very proud to be a woman but also like there are some things that are so dissonant for me that yeah. it feels not just like a shade of fem- um of womanhood it feels like almost creeping into it in a different gender altogether gotcha um and part of that is that like 
you know, I've made much about about wearing a suit and, and what that feels like. Yeah. And um, part of me is always, like, I've always accidentally adopted, like, I was male Halloween care, like, or mm-hmm. man care, man people for Halloween all the time. Or, like, kind of, like, thought of myself as, sometimes thought of myself as a boy when I was little and was mm-hmm. like, I wish that I was a boy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I'm, like, needing to... Um, abandon my womanhood altogether but I um it well yeah it's not... interesting because it's been such a huge part of your identity your whole life is like right you know me and all these other women who I love are in this same club together mm-hmm. yeah you know? and I still I, I shocked a lot of friends at work by having a lot of straight friends and they're like what is that <laughs> um but like I do feel in solidarity with a lot of my straight women friends mm-hmm. um but then there is always this piece of me that was like, I don't know, I, like I feel like in my greatest fantasies as a, as a toddler, I would like take my shirt off and pretend that that was like not anything sexual and was more just like yeah. men take their shirts. I don't know. You, yeah. I So I'm just kind of like including that in my narrative a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so do you have a preference for pronouns like for me to use and for friends to use? What's your... It's a really good question because I think for work it was – I would do that at work, and people would use they, them occasionally with me, and I would, um, it felt like a work thing, mm-hmm. but, and it feels hard to think about, like, and this isn't really fair, this is totally my privilege, but, like, when I introduce myself at improv groups, the right thing would be for me to always introduce myself and then say my pronouns, because if I right. don't do that, then other people don't know that we're supposed to do that. Right. Um, and I try my best to do it, it does feel clunky, because people are like, oh, what does that mean? And you're like, yeah. So you eh. say she, her, or they, them? Um, I haven't introduced myself in a group yet where I used they, them as well, but I did, I have introduced myself using she, her pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what it means now that I'm not in this queer inclusive space. Right. Because it kind of felt like something that felt really, really safe at work. Yeah. That um, makes sense. And now I don't know if it feels safe to me anymore, but yeah. it's kind That's of like, it's in there. Yeah. Um, wow. but you're, you're welcome to whatever comes to you well it's interesting I have a friend who um uses they them pronouns and I just find myself misgendering them mistakenly so frequently if I'm talking fast or something just because Mm -hmm. I you know knew this person for years as uh female pronouns and but it feels terrible I'm like I don't want to misgender a person and I have no intentions to do so and then they they have said repeatedly I don't really care like what my friends use you know whatever you want but even that it's like okay well I still think it's important for me to not misgender you yeah and I care right and I and I learned a lot it was kind of shocking to me how um new some of the things were to me because I feel like I'm a radical queer and then I'm like oh this feels clunky to me still like I'm not yeah I haven't done enough um and you know, one of the things we learned was, like, you don't ask what people's preferred pronouns are, you ask what their pronouns are, because one indicates that it's oh, just, like, a, a preference, and one indicates that Got it's something it. true about them. Um, well, good to know. Yeah, and but I also, I would, I messed up pronouns a lot, and it was, I tried not to, first of all, I tried not to let um, my guilt about that become the most important part of that conversation, right, and, like, totally. continue to ask for forgiveness, and be like, yeah. I promise I'm a better I'm better than that but right. um it can be really hard and especially like 
just think about how ingrained the gender binary is into your vernacular like well totally it's so deep in there um and i and i think part of it is me trying to completely restructure how i think about gender and instead of being like oh this is an exception to the case i'm trying to like create a global thought pattern in my head that turns gender from um something that has a binary and then an exception to being um completely radically re redesigned i it's so funny you say i have had the exact same experience with that um sheck and i were talking about we were just talking about some friends who use he she or use she her pronouns and then we both paused and then sheck was like oh my god i'm like so conscious about misgendering people because we've been sort of adjusting our vernacular to this other Mm -hmm. friend and then i'm like me too and then i was like well that's kind of the point you know yeah the whole point is that you actually think about the words you're saying when you describe people even if it's just pronouns and Mm -hmm. even if it is the pronouns that they use it's like the fact that it gives you pause is almost the whole point you know a hundred percent and I start thinking about that when people assume my gender um Mm -hmm. or like assume anyone's gender in a group I'm like me pausing to think about whether this is the the pronoun that this person uses is the point is that like we are we have lived in a in a privilege of assuming all the time and so yeah yeah I think it's a I know good you, start. you don't even you don't even think about it. I met another person recently um and was just calling them her just about this person like an acquaintance and then um it wasn't until like a month later when they followed me on Instagram and it said they them pronouns and I was like oh that's so crazy that I just assumed I just assume it's like you it's not a conscious act like it's completely unconscious and so the whole these pronouns a lot of their purpose is to bring it more into consciousness which is cool um and I think that like it I think best case scenario you know you may in your in your speech patterns you may continue to slip up which is um we all need to work on that but I also think for you to meet someone new and like wonder what their pronouns are is despite you know even no matter what they what they present as to you like yeah. that's a really good thought pattern to get in I think yeah um, um I feel like I should note real fast that we're gonna do um a double length episode an hour and a half so this portion will be um ending shortly but we're gonna continue this conversation and so you'll be able to have two LSF episodes to jump into or are we are we withholding the second one i'm not sure we can talk about that later yeah, i was we'll thinking talk about it later i was thinking two days in a row like it released oh, two the first yeah. week cool cool i like, I like that cool. wow um, you guys are on the inside oof board, so board meeting to round this section up i guess um i left my job recently Ooh, dun 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 <laughs> dun 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 um I was not doing well with it. Um, <laughs> I was not good at the job that they hired me for, and I... I don't... I think that's... We can get into that. I don't think that's That was true, probably but. my brain lying to yes. me. Yes. Um, but I also was not working on my writing, and that was making me really unhappy, and my mental health was really suffering. And so I was just kind of faced with this moment of... 
I went to a writing retreat and I and I just saw all these people who were taking writing seriously and letting that be like a real dream of theirs. Um, and I think that you and I, oh my God, people are probably exhausted of hearing me be like, this is a real dream, and I like, <laughs> I can I can call myself a writer. I think um, that everyone can relate to it, and if they yeah. can, they can. Piss off. <laughs> Piss off. Um, I I knew that I had a choice of either like investing two years of emotional and intellectual energy into this job, and then at the end I would still be like, well, what's happening with my writing career? Um, and I just wasn't willing to, I guess, spend any more time putting that off. And, um, I have a book to finish and it's going to be due pretty soon. And so I wasn't doing those things. And I thought if this is something that's like not fulfilling me and not, and keeping me from the one thing that, that I feel, well, not the one thing, but something that really, really fulfills me, I feel like that is not good. Yeah, and you, we talked a lot, because for months you were saying, like, I'm not in a good place. I know that I should quit, but I also feel like I shouldn't, and you kept kind of saying arbitrary dates, like, well, I gotta, I gotta wait until at least this date, and then, like, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta, totally wait, arbitrary. Totally I gotta arbitrary. wait at least three months until this project ends. I can't leave, you know, while I'm still working on this one project, and you had a lot of of guilt and like you know your heart was kind of leading you one way but then Mm -hmm. the anxious brain and you know all of that was was really pulling so there's a lot of push-pull happening um but I I felt that it was actually one of my wiser moments (laughs) when (laughs) I am we were talking about it and I just kind of had the thought like you're going to quit eventually this is clearly not what you want to do with your life like it's very clear that this is not a 10-year career option even or a five-year it's like clear that you're going to leave and so you quitting you just saying I am moving on from this position just saved you a fuck ton of time you know like you you saved a lot of time that you could have just spent being there one foot straddling each world and not doing well or being fully immersed in the job and not doing well or being fully immersed in writing and um I really yeah I was like I was because I was straddling two things I was becoming neither of those things like right I was hollow on both ends I wasn't neither thing was working out because I was torn and and yeah I just I think that you it was you and part of your fear of like well it would look bad on a resume mm-hmm. well it came from my dad but yeah if yeah but I mean it's a legitimate thought is like oh I didn't stay at this company long enough but again that has to go with like that whole mentality of like there is no backup plan you know it's mm-hmm. just like again your fear of well if I don't succeed at this other thing then I you know I wouldn't have this as a backup yeah, and I've I always think... known that my artistic dream um, would come to fruition because I sabotaged every other... Th- like, I always knew it was going to be a journey of, um, like, I'm not letting myself commit to anything else because this is the only thing that's that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that is a pretty nice summary um, of 
half of what's been going on in your so life. So I think that you are trying to structure this episode a certain way, but I'm trying to structure this episode a certain Ooh, way. interesting. What are you trying to do? I was um, trying to make a nice edit point for me to be like, I know you were, but I also have an edit point, and it was going to uh, be rested more on suspense. Okay, well, you do it. Take it away. Um, well, I think we still have, like, seven minutes to... And I have planned this very, very <laughs> intensely, oh but I'm so sorry. But well, I want to say, it was, it, I thought we we're talking for an hour and a half, so it's 45 and 45. Well, we can stretch it because we do what we want. <laughs> Damn straight. Yeah, it could be it could be 50 minutes and then 40 minutes, or it could be an hour and then 45. It doesn't matter. Mm, okay. Um. Whatever you say, boss. So should we edit all that out? That. <laughs> no. Um, I, so I, I, my brain, as soon as I made this decision in my gut, all of a sudden my brain was starting to try and tell me that that was the wrong choice. It was scaring me into being safer, basically. And, um, like my gut was like, this is the right choice. And then my brain was like, you loved working here. You love all your friends. This is going to be so sad for you. And so I was totally letting fear take the wheel for two days after I made the decision that that's what I was going to do. Um, so I occupied a side of my brain that I, um, let manage me and was like, you're setting my, that part of my brain set an email. And then, and then it also had the meeting and like, set the agenda for the meet you know so I was I totally tricked myself into fulfilling this really really scary thing for me that ended up being really terrifying yeah um my structure's not working out at all so we're just gonna have to go with your structure (laughs) (laughs) um but the the teaser is that it involves a little bit of heartbreak oh wait I I fucked that up big time (laughs) See, see you guys next week this is not at all how I meant to do that um what I meant to say was I told someone how I feel about them and we'll see what happens (laughs) suspense but now we all know okay amazing